This podcast is brought to you by Close Finance, sponsors of the Marathi Bars Final and Women's Marathi. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks to Close Finance for their support of our Marathi coverage this weekend. So the Vars stays in Jersey for another year. Martin Cassidy's side came from behind at Foots Lane to seal a sixth victory in seven finals, while the women's Marathi made its return to Guernsey for the first time in eight years. Another win for Jersey there, but plenty of promise for the Greens. I'm Tony Kerr, and alongside me to uh, digest all of that uh, is James Fanner. Morning, Tony. And Rob Batiste. Morning, Tony. <laughs> Good to see you guys this morning. Wish we had uh, more uh, cheer to uh, to spread uh, on this podcast. Um, but yeah, there's so much to get into from Saturday. We'll have um, yeah a full uh, debrief from both of those games to come, uh, hearing from uh, both coaches, players as well. As I say, uh, we've had a couple of days or sort of 24 hours, 36 hours to digest what happened there. I mean, Jim, as you wake up on this Monday morning and think back to Saturday, what, what are the kind of feelings that are stirred? Saturday, it was total frustration, wasn't it? I mean, you know, when, when you go 1-0 up, uh, which is great, you know, let's, uh, let's go. Within 10 minutes, we're putting all our players at 35 yards from our own goal. We're effectively setting up for defence versus attack. And, and then we hardly get in the jersey half for, for the rest of the game. Uh, and, you know, you know, I'm just fed up of getting beaten by Jersey. Absolutely fed up of it. Uh, and, you know, and I think we're going to get onto it. But things have got to change. You know, this is getting, uh, you know, beyond depressing. Can I butt in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on, Rob. Well, I have to go to the bottom of my notes here. But Jersey must be quietly looking at us and thinking, what a soft bunch they are in Guernsey these days. We're just getting rolled over time and time again. And like James, I'm fed up with it, to be honest. And I just, it, was, it really does sadden me. It just seems to me, I had a, I had a word with um, a prominent local footballer on the way to the game on Saturday. And we were talking, chewing the cut about the game. And he predicted Jersey to win, by the way. Um, what disappoints me is that we've now got this almost acceptance, this fatalistic attitude over here in Guernsey football, where we almost say, well, Jersey are going to beat us. They've got more people. Their population is so much, much bigger. You know, we'll try our best. But in the end, we've got to the final. We've got to the opt-in. We, you know, but we're not really wanting to win. We're not... It, it, year in, year out now, you look at all the study the results across the board and the, the trend is, is red, 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 red with the odd little green blot in there you know we just we've become really poor and i think island wide we're playing a lot a lot of poor football across the board where scheduling is you know getting the fixture schedules is the most important thing are we studying what what football's about are we looking to raise standards no we're not we're just going through the motions and i think it's really this is the time now where Guernsey football has to seriously look at itself and say, what are we going to do to raise standards, not just at the Marathi level, but across the board? Because, as I said, things are pretty poor. Well, let's come back to that in a bit, Rob, and, uh, and perhaps some of the things that need to change. But um, in terms of Saturday, just to recap the story of the match, it was quite a feisty um, contest, as you'd expect, wasn't it? Um, lots of incident to unpack. Um, but it, it started pretty well for Guernsey, in a way. First half an hour, I thought we were pretty good. And, um, and Wolf exactly, of course, put us uh, into a half-time lead um, with that back post header. Um, but the sort of back end of that first half, Jersey did start to really assert themselves, didn't they, on the game? Um, came out in the second half and it was um, really one-way traffic for, for much of that or most of um, the second period. Um, Luke Campbell um, with the two goals that won it for them on the day. Um, a penalty, first of all, after Keanu Marsh had, um, had fouled in the box. Um, looked soft at the time, but I think looking back on the footage, um, the right decision from the referee. Um, and then a, a second goal from Campbell as well. I mean, no right really for, for him as a centre-back to be popping 
popping up at the back post where he did to, to slot home, but but that's what happened. Um, and that's how it stayed right until, well, it was about, what, 105 minutes, I think. That was a lot of added time at the end. Um, Ross Allen um, latching onto uh, a flick on um, from a long ball um, from Fazakli right at the death, um, pokey at home and almost immediately offside flag going up um, to deny us that grandstand finish. Uh, that, for me, I mean, look, I'm there's no way Guernsey deserved anything more out of the game than they got uh, in the end. Um, I did think, and I tweeted as such, because some of these Marathi finals in recent years have been so flat, um, so devoid of incident, um, that it was a shame that we didn't have that grandstand finish in the end. Because, um, yeah, to me, on the footage, Ross looks level. I know um, uh, I've had a lot of comments from people in Jersey saying miles offside. I don't know if that's true, but um, we'll never know, I guess. Uh, but it was a fantastic finish from him in the end um uh you know battling right to the right to the death but yeah not not to me um let's hear what tony vance had to say um when our colleague simon delery caught up with him at full time so tony your assessment of that game uh i think we had in the first half a, a 25 minute spell where we were really good we had them penned penned in and we were causing them a lot of problems from uh from set pieces long throws and stuff like that and that you know that's how we got the goal uh after that you know, I think half-time came at a good time for us because Jersey were on top. Uh, second half, um, we didn't really get going. I think credit to Jersey, they were the better team on the day. Um, you know, sometimes moments in game can in games can change them and, and obviously that was a pretty soft penalty really. You know, it was a poor, poor probably a decision from Keanu and the guy was, was always going to go down. Um, we were at the wrong end of some key decisions today, but um, it didn't cost us the game. You know, we, we weren't good enough in, in the second half, for sure. Um, Jersey with a better team. Uh, you had, a lot, obviously, a lot of forwards on there towards the end, uh, but um, the chances didn't really come in great number. There was obviously the one right at the end that was uh, judged offside. Um, did you feel that the players had done everything they could to create chances in those last 20 minutes? No, we, we, we didn't do enough. Um, we really didn't. We didn't trouble their goalkeeper at all in the second half. Um, obviously, that one at the end where, you know, obviously... It'll be scrutinised, but um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we didn't do enough. I, you know, ultimately, what I was probably a little bit disappointed about was was the players were dropping. You know, I mean, we had to take players off because they were gone, and um, we had to make some some subs, and you know, because players had literally gone, and uh, that didn't help our cause. But um, as I said, Jersey was stronger in in you know and fitter than us today. Um, as I said, we had that 25-minute spell where I thought we were good, and and the game plan was working in that spell. We just didn't do it enough. We waited six years for a goal in this competition. At least we did have that uh, moment of joy and celebration when uh, Big uh, Fazakli uh, stuck that away. Uh, to tell us how you felt about that goal. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was sort of what we've been working on, and, and in certain aspects, so that's good. And um, we knew that we uh, we could cause some problems with that, and uh, I think we had a couple of chances just before that as well. So. Um, uh, but in saying that, as I said, um, you know, you need that second goal, you need that killer goal because Jersey are a good side and, and um, we let them back in with a soft soft penalty, which was really poor from us. And, and uh, you know, then when we got um, caught at the back post again, which, you know, we talked about. But uh, so they were poor goals. But I mean, at the end of the day, as I said, we'd be clutching at straws if we felt that we deserved to sort of take it to extra time. Obviously, as I said, that, that goal, you know, people are saying it was onside. Um, but... Um, that's the way it goes. Eh? Um, obviously, a year has to pass before you can get your revenge in this competition. But in the meantime, obviously, you could well be within a couple of months facing the same opposition here in another showpiece if things go well in the Ireland Games. Um, are you going to pick your players up for that campaign? Well, I mean, we've got a lot of hard work to do. Um, I think it's 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 made for Colin Fallace. Um I've been on the uh, wrong end of some of his training sessions for Ireland Games many moons ago. And, uh, you know, when I played, when we won gold uh, way back in 2003, we lost to Marathi that year um, and then went on to win gold. And um, you know, I can remember getting a phone call the day after the, after the Marathi of a, of a loss. Um, right, get ready, we're going training. Um, you know, I think the players, they, you know, they need a little bit of a break. But then after that, you know, ultimately um, we've got some hard work to do to try and build these boys up. And uh, you'll be making the best of your use of your squad, I imagine, for that it's tough campaign, several games. Yeah, I mean, you know, Marathi's are one-off games. Um, they're cup finals, you know, someone turns up on the day, someone doesn't. Island games and, and sort of league campaigns, you know, it's, it's a different kettle of fish. So, you, you know, it's, it's a different challenge altogether. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as I said, um, you know, right now, need a little bit of a break and then, and then we'll come back fighting.
Tony Vance speaking to uh, Simon there. I mean, in terms of the, the story of the match, um, after that half an hour and us taking the lead, um, did you hold out much hope? Did you think it was going to be our day? Well, I, Jersey, in my view, weren't there in the first half, you know. So, you know, it was kind of, you know, where are the Jersey men and who cares at 45 minutes? <laughs> I was happy with that. Uh, but the second half was a completely different game. I can't argue with a with a single word that Tony says, uh, apart from you know, to question why. You know how how did we end up losing our way so badly? The, you know, that that's a frustration because I can't honestly say that we were playing brilliant football. But at the end of the day, I want to win this game. I, I don't. You know, you, last year we played brilliant football and didn't win. You know, so I just you know, want us to win. Um, but yeah, how you know, how the game was was taken away from us, really, you know. And you can say what you like about about the you know, the late offside chance. We didn't create anything of any note to to to, to justify anything else, you know. It, honestly, it reminded me an awful lot of 2017, the last time we won. Except that time we went two nil up, and then we sat on the edge of our own penalty area, and and Jersey w- weren't savvy enough on that occasion to break us down. But you know, we played no football in that game once we went two nil up, and this time we go one nil up, and we don't play any football after that. Really frustrating. I've written around two words. This is to describe our second half performance, which is clueless and dysfunctional, really. And I just thought it was as bad a Marathi performance that second half and I've seen from a Guernsey side in, in my memory. We were really, really poor. I've got no problems with playing long ball game and that sort of style of football, but play it properly. And we weren't really playing it properly. I mean, even in the first half when we were seen to be knocking these really long balls as far as Wilf Sackley... Will was winning the ball most of the time, but where was he winning it? Wide left. Where was the support for him? Non-existent. There was nobody looking for the second ball to feed off. You know, Ross, for example, Ross was miles off the pace. I mean, he was nowhere near in supporting us. You know, we weren't getting people forward. It was just... It, it, was, it, looked, it looked to me that we'd almost moved from a three... Well, normally, we were playing 3-4-3, three, three, right? We'd moved to... Five three two. Ross was at, in, playing for a long period, certainly in the first half, in right midfield, it mm. seemed. Um, but you know, I think one of the problems of going in with three at the back is if you don't dominate possession, you end up playing five at the back. Mm. Uh, and that's what we were. And then with three guys up top, we're playing five two three. We can't expect to dominate the ball in midfield when you only got two guys there. You know, mm. uh, that was, I think, one of the, the problems. I understand, you know, I think the the uh, options that Tony has available to him means three at the back is is a reasonable option but if it becomes five you know that's always going to be a, a struggle for numbers elsewhere in the on the park yeah but you know when you've got a player as special talent like Ross you know you've got to look to be using him prominently he, to me he, if he's your best player get him involved and we just at no point in the game were we getting the ball any um getting Ross involved. In terms of best players as well, I mean, I would always put Charlton Govine up there, but, you know, he was sparkling intermittently. Yeah. Yeah, but taken um, off. I've, what worries me more than the performance and, and the result, because, it, again, it was a big, big disappointment for everybody there. And it was a good crowd. Let's face it, it was a really, really encouraging size crowd. It's just... <laughs> Where are we in Guernsey football? It just seems, as I said before, Jersey must be looking at us and think, crikey, they're a soft touchdown in Jersey, in Guernsey these days across the board. And we've got to do something about that. So that's what I'm, that's what I would like to focus my attention on in, in the coming weeks and months. You know, we've got to get people around the table looking at how we can make Guernsey football better. Well, I on, on that note, Rob, when the basketball interinsters were held on the same day and Guernsey, you know, greenwashed Jersey comprehensively, three three games out of four, you know, no contest almost. You know, you kind of wonder why did, why did Jersey turn up for, for basketball interinsters from, uh, are we, re- you know, we're starting to reach that point in football, uh, frankly. And that's... Uh, that we're is certainly worrying. moving that direction, that's for sure. You know, um, you know... It, People have looked over Alderney over the years and said, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, they are just out of their depth. But, you know, our record in recent times is very, very poor across the board. And we've look, got to stop looking at it about how we're going to arrest that slide. And this time last year, we were bemoaning the red wash. Actually, apart from the one game that we did win this year, 
almost almost across the board. And last year we lost one in extra time, one with a last minute goal. <laughs> you know, we were beaten um, pretty uh, comprehensively in those in those other games as well. But you look at all the you know the club results as well. You know, we Jersey have won the up um, so the Upton, the Jeremy, the Wee Way, the Senior Upton. They won five nil. The Junior Upton six nil. The John Layer under sixteen Upton six nil. You know, these aren't close matches. We're just getting walloped and I'm not surprised. I'm seeing quite a lot of under-16 and under-18 football this season and it's been uninspiring generally and I, that's very, very worrying, you know, and I think we are going through the motions in actually getting fixtures played and I think, you know, the boys aren't reacting to that. They're... They're turning up for games. There's no. We've got to look at our, what we want to get out of football and how we want to make it. How we want to make those matches more special. I see we're playing far too much rubbish football. You know, extra cups for no reason. We need to look at more meaningful football and and look at making the standard better across the board. And I think. Everybody, every element of the of Guernsey football has got a responsibility for this, and somebody has got to lead this. And um, it won't, it, things won't be turned around overnight, that's for sure. Because Jersey seem to have gone a mile ahead of us. They just look better prepared at all levels. They've got that winning attitude, which we can't say we have. We have got a loser's attitude most of the time. Well, probably an interesting moment to bring in um, Martin Cassidy, who I spoke to uh, at full time on Saturday afternoon about the game, about his contribution to Marathi football. It'll be his last um, one. He steps down um, after this weekend and he's got a fantastic record over the last um, five or six years. I think is it played six, one, five, lost one. Um, uh, yeah, won't be taking charge of the Island Games, but I asked him about the match itself and also about how he sees the, uh, the difference between the two islands at the moment. First of all, congratulations. Um, uh, another win for you here at Foots Lane today. Just just talk us through kind of how you're feeling at, at full-time here. Really delighted at the performance and the, man, the way the team managed it. Uh, I just love it. I mean, the summer's your summer's round, isn't it, when you lose a Marathi? But the Island Games will be there, I'm sure Guernsey won't get into that. But I'm just so proud that I've been able to lead this team, this group of players and the others that have supported us over the other tournaments we've been in. Um, but they really worked hard for it. They earned the they earned it. second half in particular. I think Guernsey were really struggling. They were uh, they couldn't cope with us. And I knew if I picked a stronger run in midfield, we would create more chances. And actually, we created that many. We just maybe could have um, in, in wide areas, but we just could have been a bit more ruthless. I think we might have scored a couple of more goals, but it wasn't to be. And Guernsey defend well. They're not an easy team to score against. Um, but we did get some moments. And uh, yeah, look, we've won the game, and it's just such a lovely feeling. And you're bowing out here with a phenomenal record, to be fair, um, in this competition. It must have, uh, you've obviously given a huge amount over the last few years and, and either side of the pandemic. Um, yeah, you must be chuffed about it in this way. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a bit of a better penalty after all the effort and energy we'd put in to lose it. But I would have been uh, respectful. I think Guernsey are, uh, you know, they've been playing at a good level and, um, you know, it's always a tough match. I think there's only been one goal in it for the last six or seven years. So there's never an easy game. Both It means a lot to the players. You could see that in the way they, the effort they put in. Um, but I just think we had the quality and we had the better players in the right areas and uh, a, a better game plan today, you know, to try and play through them and identify 1v1s where we can try and hurt them. And we did that well, especially in the second half. Um, yeah, I think no, no, absolutely no negativity about the day of disappointment, not scoring more. It was just um, a masterful performance, second, I think. Just, just finally, I mean, you've said quite often that you think you've gone into these matches in the last few years as underdogs. You said that before this one. Do, do you really believe that? Um, I have done in the build up, but watching it today, I'm like, well, yeah, I think we are a stronger side. We've got better players. We've got youth coming through, and they're all top quality young players coming through. So, I think the the, the whole model's better. Um, but when you've got players playing at a higher level, you expect to have a real challenging game. And Guernsey, I think what I've noticed with English football, or even when you watch the Bulls play, there's a lot of long balls. It seems to be the English way, but you know, I, I would never go down that road. For me, it's got to be played the right way. Get it on the floor. Get it in your feet. You know, if you lose playing well, then at least we've done the right things. But Overall, I think we've always played the better football. Um, and maybe there's a bit of cadology in there as well. 
Martin Cassidy speaking to me there at Footslane. Um, Jim, yeah, pretty honest assessment from him there. What did you make of what you had to say? I think great questioning there, Tony, because you know uh, Martin comes out with the uh, you know the usual uh, the usual stuff you expect, and of course you know, but to take him to task on this shtick about you know oh we're the underdogs, blah blah blah. You know people are fed up of hearing that, but. Actually, I cannot disagree with anything that he says about us. Now, he actually gets off the fence and says what he thinks about us. And that is that is concerning. You know, he's saying, you know, we've got a, a group of players playing at a higher level than, than his team. You know, and he says on that basis, you know, let's face it. All the, all the infrastructure stuff Rob's talking about, football going down to you know, under 11s, etc., is one thing, right? The best 15 players in the island against the best 15 players in their island is another thing. And he's saying, you guys operate at a higher level than, than, than mine. Why don't you prove it on match day? And I don't know the answer. I think one thing that stuck out for me as well on the day, and, you know, again, it's something that we should be better at having spent so many seasons playing in the Isthmian League, is just the match day savviness management. I mean, I thought um, at, at times it, it, it boiled over for me into the kind of unsavoury from Jersey on Saturday. I thought there were a few moments where um, they were, <laughs> they probably should have been penalised a bit harsher. I mean, Lorne Bickley tearing off uh, Jacob's um, bandage probably um, should have been dealt with a bit more harshly by the referee. There was a moment as well after Jersey had taken the lead, Ross was uh, stood over the ball for the kickoff and, and Carvalho um, runs over the ball and kicks it away and the referee doesn't deal with it in any way. And, you know, I know, I know he's got, he's a young man with, uh, with big ambitions in the sport and, and maybe that's the way you need to approach things if you want to move on. But I just thought that was um, pretty unnecessary and should have been dealt with it. You know, he was booked moments later for a foul. So arguably he should have been sent off. Um, the game management from Jersey as well. James Kerry, uh, the, the Jersey captain, who alongside Luke Campbell, I mean, they have been an absolute thorn in our side, haven't they, for years? Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the way he it just seemed to run the game was um, was was interesting, and in stark contrast to, to our to our uh, our approach. I noticed when they came out for the second half, Jersey one 0 down. Kerry had a, was chatting to the referee for a good minute before before the um, the game actually kicked off. It had finished with a couple of sort of thumbs up. Um, now, you know, I'm not saying that he said, "Oh, you know, I'm going to stick 1,500 quid in your bank account tonight," but you know, clearly there was some. He, he was, you know, he was on the referee's case. He was getting him on side. Whereas you look at us, and, and I thought Jacob actually, overall, footballing wise, had a phenomenal performance. Given kind of what happened to him early on in the in the in the piece, um, a phenomenal performance. He was winning everything in the air. But he's someone who probably needs to get uh, to learn a bit about that because he probably pissed off the referee quite a lot within the first few minutes. And then you know you're kind of you're, then you're clawing back, aren't you? The kind of the, the goodwill. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, Jim, you, you noticed as well, Kerry was um, was chatting to the referee an awful lot in that second Every half. Every incident in the second half, he was first on the scene. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes, no from refereeing, I mean, let's just face it, the, the referee has done far more games, far bigger games than uh, than anybody uh, over here uh, has, has ever done. So, you know, let's not say that, um, you know, that we are better than him. But, you, know, you sometimes in games, you know, you find yourself talking to to a captain a lot, and you think, oh, "I'm managing this guy really well," uh, and without un, without understanding that he's actually managing you, you know. Uh, and certainly from the sidelines, it, that's what it looked like a little bit. Suddenly, every fifty fifty seems to uh, seems to go Jersey's way. I mean, you know, I know people had views on the um, on the referee's performance. You know, I thought he he uh, refereed a Marathi the way that referees nowadays referee a Marathi and they very much want to not be the focus of attention and not to make the game-changing decisions. Therefore, uh, knocking a team down to 10 uh, is not the kind of done thing in a, in a Marathi and, and, and referees will seek to manage uh, manage that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to bash the referee too yeah. much. I, I, on the day, I, I was pretty frustrated watching on. I mean, I think that key spell at the start of the second half where Jersey got in front there were a string of very, very soft decisions that, that went Jersey's way, which, you know, certainly on first view, included the penalty, which, you know, was on reflection. Well, I was pretty close moment. to the penalty incident and um, it looked a penalty for me. It was a lazy challenge, needless challenge by Keanu. Um, wasn't surprised it was given at all. Whether he actually made any contacts. Or, or, it looked as if he kicked him in the head from where sure. I was. Well, I was about yeah, and I've, I've seen footage which, you know, shows him waving his foot in the direction of the head. But... The player, 
immediately sees that foot approaching his nose and, and, yeah. and goes down. He almost heads it. <laughs> yeah, and, and the referee, yeah. I notice, is standing directly behind them. So, you know, it's a reasonable view. And realistically, yeah, it's a high foot towards yeah. towards his yeah. face anyway. So I'm, I'm not surprised Not surprised it was given. And if had it been at the other end, we would have been wanting yeah. that. Exactly. We'd have been wanting we'd, that we'd, penalty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so on reflection, um, yeah, possibly the right decision uh, there. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, in terms of the personnel, both on the pitch and in the dugout for Guernsey, I mean, presumably that will be Tony Vance's last Marathi. I mean, obviously he was kind of a reluctant, um, a reluctant coach uh, coming forward to take it on this time, um, and he'll have the, the Island Games, of course. But whether we'll see him in a Marathi again, I don't know. Playing-wise as well, I suspect we won't see Ross uh, in a Marathi at, on home soil again, potentially. Um, Jamie Dodd as well. Uh, you know, it's, there's, there's, there is potentially a big transition here. I noticed Jamie said in the programme that he would definitely be involved next year. So that's an indication that he's not hanging the boots up after Ireland Games, potentially. Like, look, Ross is that savvier player that you know, you think he could be he, if he wanted to, he could be a Dave Merris, couldn't yeah. he? Um, you know, and and certainly keep going for a good few years. Yeah, I guess it now it, it, it's uh, it's an issue about his own personal desire. And just mentioning Dave Merris, I thought he was absolutely excellent. Um, yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, for a forty-two-year-old debutant, uh, you know, fantastic performance. Yeah, we've got some big big questions to be answered going forward in terms of Marathi level. Ratty games, um, and it's. I'd like to see the GFA step up here and actually solve them earlier rather than later. Um, they let's face it. Over the last decade or so, it seems to me they've they've washed their hands largely of the actual responsibility of preparing a senior Marathi team and allowed it. You know, just pass it all on to GSC. GSC will do it for us. But I don't think that's good management and I think they've got to look at how they how we go move forward in terms of um, preparing all our island teams and certainly at the top level because I think it is probably it's the right time now for the Tony Vance Colin Fallet's era to come to an end <coughs> yeah um you know Tony Vance and Colin Fallet's done a fantastic job for Guernsey football over a long long time but you know it's it's 15 years perhaps even more that they've been the primary voices in and around the dressing room. And I think it's time for new direction, new voices, new people to come in. And I know people will have said this in the past and will say it again. Oh, but who else can do it? Well, we've got to look and find somebody else. I don't believe that there are, there's nobody there who can't do it. You know, we've got a lot of people... Good former Marathi players now involved in Guernsey football who may want to step up, may have the ability to step up. There's certainly been new voices um, in the dressing room. You know, who's to say we shouldn't go what Jersey did 15, 20 years ago when they went and got Ron Harris in, from, you know, former Chelsea legend. And, and Brian Little as well. And Brian Little. It worked for them. Why couldn't happen for us? You know, for the for the last month or so of the Marathi preparation, get somebody in who's got a fresh voice with fresh ideas. In fact, didn't may Guernsey, well inspire us. Didn't you know? Guernsey used to do that in Guernsey, the 60s? certainly in the 50s and the 60s, yeah. every year Guernsey brought in a professional coach to work with the Ireland team over the last couple of months of the season. And it... And it provided a lot of successes um i know the game has moved on and we've got this awkward we've got this conundrum where you know the best players are unfortunately they're sort of tied up with playing with gsc right to the very end so how do you get somebody else to influence that group of players well we've got to look at that it just seems to me the gfa has said gfc will sort it for us um, and that will do. That will do fine. Well, I'm afraid it's not going to do fine, and we've got to do something which is, you know, different. I think that was a very fair shout. And the early days of GFC and the, and the Marathi results showed that. I and mean, what we had an exceptional group of players playing together on a league basis, we're smashing Jersey, you know. Uh, but that, that's that's now evaporated. I guess the challenge for a new person is that you know, fancy knows so much, so highly respected. You know, if anybody, if one of us was to go in there, Rob, on the training pitch the first day, you'd be thinking, "Oh my God, what are they? You mm. know, what are they going to think of, of me?" Kind of thing. So that must be a massive 
<laughs> burden for, mm. for a new coach to bear. But I understand, I think between us, we've spoken to more or less all the age group coaches uh, over, the, over the, the spring period. Nobody's very happy with with the way that they're able to prepare or or you know, what they're trying to do. And I, and I don't know the ins and outs of it all, but it does seem that this is a great opportunity to to look again. And it, you know, if, if Tony, you know, <laughs> would never be in a position of of, uh, of wanting to uh, sack the, <laughs> the island manager or something. But you know, if he genuinely doesn't want to do it anymore, well, let's decide now mm. and then you know give us or, or you know soon and give ourselves a, a lot of time to find the, the new person, the new system, uh, and and try and move forward. I think the problem, you know, you've alluded to it, Rob, when you're trying to also redress the domestic structure uh, and, and also then think, how can we best prepare at all levels for island fixtures? I don't think we're going to fix that in in a month or whatever that we've got before you know, before the fixtures start getting done for next season. So that's probably going to be something that will have to be done over the next... 12, 14 months to put in place for the season after that. Mm. But because, you know, you are looking at the the prospect and maybe, you know, I, I like the Premier League, you know, it's, it's genuinely competitive and it gives people a lot of football, you know, much more football than Jersey's Premiership, for example. But if we haven't got time with uh, GFC and all the amount of Premier games to fit in any other training, un- Island Under-21s, all that kind of stuff, then something's going to have to give, isn't it? You know, and... You know, there is the element of football for participation's sake and then there's football for excellence sake. And if excellence means less participation, then maybe we have to we have to look in that direction. But at the moment it's not working. No. The domestic structure is very, very poor. It's been, you know, in place for many years and it does need changing. And um until it does change, I think we're still we're gonna continue to have our backsides kicked by the by the crapos i think for one thing though whoever takes on or what, what, whatever direction they want to go with the marathi job next year they need to get someone in place and some clarity around it much much earlier it oh, should be it's, it's, it's a been permanent a, job isn't it what's happened this year regarding the island manager's job is and the island games manager's job is a total nonsense and we, the fault of that lies at the door of one group of people and that's the GFA they failed to take responsibility for that and um, you know um, it may well be in a couple of months we're laughing as Guernsey have won the Island Games gold medal that's football you know it's, football can be fickle um, and I know Tony and Fowl and co will will work really really hard to produce to get that squad of people fully prepared and in the best of nick and you know with Guernsey's support over the course that we, we could well win it I'm not writing us off um, our senior Marathi results do not worry me as much as the actual overall standard of Guernsey football and what is being produced week in, week out at all levels. There's no point hiding behind the fact it is poor. It is far poorer than it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And we've got to ask our question, ask ourselves Why? And I think we really do need a really in-depth review of Guernsey football and work together to improve it. And I mean work together, all the clubs, GFA, GFC, and, um, and hopefully we can turn around this sorry trend because I'm fed up with it. And as I say, I'm fed up with seeing Jersey people quietly laughing at, at the standard of Guernsey football. Just a quick word, finally, Rob, on the occasion itself. As you said, um, a really good crowd in. Um, started off as quite a fresh day. Um, got better as it went on. And in the sunshine, Fitzlane did look a bit of a picture towards the end. Although when you're seated in the Garen stand, <laughs> where is the sunshine? Yeah, never in it. Freezing. Um, bit of uh, hoo-ha in the build-up about streaming as well. That's something that really needs to be kind of settled, I think, doesn't it, between the, the GFA and JFA? Absolutely. In my view, now, the uh, interinstitutional committee should be, yeah, if they want to do streaming they should be uh 
going out for a tender yep. to say uh, there's a, a financial element to this. And if somebody wants to stream the game, you'll pay us. Thank you very much. Right. And if that doesn't get agreed, forget it, folks. There will never be any streaming. You know, it's kind of you, you cannot. You know, if the if the GFA had allowed a third party to stream for free, which was what was being punted out there the day before the game, it could have wiped ten thousand pound off the gate. Right, local football can't afford that. Yeah. And frankly, do we want a game where we've only got a scattering of spectators because everybody's at home watching it on the laptop? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to see that. Uh, you know, I want people to, uh, uh, to to travel over. I want people to make a, an occasion of it. Not to say, oh, yeah, all right, the, you know, the stream will do. Alderney is a different matter because Alderney, frankly, you can't get up there, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to see that game. And so even if somebody produces a, a rudimentary stream, that's better than nothing. But the, the, the Marathi final needs to be resolved, needs to be... Uh, uh, put out to tender and done properly. I understand that Jersey did that last year. Uh, they charged, I think, a fiver to watch it, uh, and the, they broke even. So, yeah, that's that is an option. But it, it, I think it's something that should be agreed across the board. Uh, Interested the committee, both islands take the same approach. And you know, if anybody wants to do it and everybody's agreed and the price is right, then okay. But yeah, not to not to damage the game. And that's that. My worry is it would end up damaging the game. No, I agree. And I, th- I think though, in the modern age, um, you know, people not in the islands or not in the island um, that the game's played in want to be able to watch it. Um, so I think they have to find a solution there to get it to get it on uh, on on uh, you know, on some sort of stream each year. But on a similar angle, then, uh, however, we do expect radio coverage from our publicly funded broadcaster and for the Pan Island uh, BBC Radio to prioritise the Jersey Reds uh, in a was it a cup final was it yeah but even even so you know you're an inter you're you're a Pan Island station the biggest sporting event still in the calendar is the is the Marathi and you've got to be you've got to be broadcasting that in its entirety. Right, that's the uh, Marathi Vars final um, done and dusted uh, for now. Plenty more chat, I'm sure, to come as, uh, as things evolve. Um, let's turn our attention to the women's Marathi, which uh, it was fantastic to see back on Guernsey soil for the first time uh, in eight years. Um, Jersey running out 4-1 winners uh, on the day, but there was a fantastic goal from Callie Headley, um, which uh, really lit up the occasion from a Guernsey perspective and, and plenty um, to enjoy for the Greens um, after what had been, uh, I suppose, a fairly tumultuous build up um, this season. Um, Rob Batiste has ducked out. Benoit and Dell have uh, popped into the studio to talk about it because you guys were alongside me in the stand on Saturday. Um, Benoit, let me come to you first. You've written the report. Um, just talk us through the, the story of the match. Yeah, so I mean, I don't think anyone was expecting Guernsey to win. Um, and from the get-go, it was pretty obvious. Jersey were the better side. I think Eve Watson was a brilliant player. She was running the show. Um, she scored a goal. Uh, the first goal, again, the defence was the issue uh, in the centre. I would say the young fullbacks were really good. So Scarlett Gallagher and Scarlett Keneally, brilliant. They didn't shy away from any challenge and really promising for the future. But yeah, in the, in the heart of defence was really the issues. I'm not sure it was that, that organised. And the first goal, wrong-footed the keeper. Five minutes later Eve Watson scored um, we go into half time uh, Guernsey pick up a little bit I think the attackers as well the young attackers were really good so Adrian Leach Elise Lalasha and Callie Headley obviously the goal scorer really really bright spark and again good good for the future and Callie Headley's goal of course was amazing I think it was really good to see the crowd loved it just picked it up coolly really turned around just plonked it over the head of the keeper and yeah I mean Footslane erupted but after that there was no real real threat from Guernsey either. Um, yeah, Jersey were the better side, sort of dominating. And then Eve Watson rounded the keeper to score again. But yeah, I would say the young players were really the, the, the stars of the show. Um, and it's fair, very promising for the future. Yeah, Del, you were doing commentary for our, our video highlights, which you can find on the Guernsey Press YouTube channel um, a bit later on, on Monday. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that Cali Headley goal, probably the highlight of the day from a Guernsey perspective. Absolutely. I mean, it got a huge cheer and it, it was great to see. I mean, you know, she uh, picked her spot. Um, she saw that the, the keeper was uh, in such a position that she had a lot of room to put it over and she just uh, put a left foot through it very effectively. It's a very well-struck shot and, um, yeah, rightly something for Guernsey to celebrate. Uh, the first goal scored by a Guernsey player in a women's Marathi for nine years. Um, so, yeah, something to build on for the future. And, of course, they've got more opportunity to build because they've got their island games campaign coming up very shortly so that i mean that's all all positive stuff and i think um actually after that goal 
there was a, a period of five or ten minutes, it wasn't all that long, but where Guernsey continued to press. Yes, Jersey were also creating some more chances, but um, you began to think, well, I began to think, well, there's a chance they could put another one away here and this could get really interesting. It would be just fun to see Jersey, despite their, their superiority in a number of positions, just put under real pressure to see how they react. Um, but yeah, the, then um, Jersey found the net next and uh, after that it was pretty obvious which, which way it was going to go. Um, yeah, and Jersey with their... Uh, extra height and uh, agility up front were causing Guernsey problems from the outset. Um, but I, th- I thought really Guernsey put up a, a heroic fight. To, to, for them to have withstood that very early onslaught, with half an hour approaching, they were getting really into the game. Um, so in a way, the, the, that first Jersey goal was unfortunate timing because they were, they were growing in confidence um, with, with every minute that passed at that point. Yeah, there were some good chances in that first half for, for Guernsey. Um, I mentioned the build-up, Anna Govine and Katie Watson taking over um, as managers uh, just a, a couple of weeks before this fixture. So they did incredibly well to to, to get things on track and um, um, yeah get their side um, together to produce that kind of performance. Let's just hear um, what Anna had to say. Um, Del, you spoke to her at full time. Uh, so Anna, uh, your assessment of the match today? I'm just so, so proud of the girls. They took on board everything that we've told them in training in the last couple of days. Um, they set up really, really well. I mean, Jersey are maybe that level above us at the moment, but we're not far behind. I thought the girls were competitive. You know, we had chances as well. Uh, to concede four goals, disappointed, but it's lessons learnt for the girls and we can't wait for the next match. You uh, were under pressure immediately, but uh, with the half an hour gone, you were absolutely in this game. And um, really, uh, the second half, uh, where sort of they, they ran away with a little bit, but still, what a finish from your number nine there. Uh, we always knew she was going to score a goal. We believed in her so much. Um, she's not played a competitive game of football, but we, we could see her ability in training. And we were like, when you get the ball, you're just going to shoot. And she did exactly that. So we we're so pleased, so pleased for the team to get a goal. It's something to celebrate on the day. Um, like you say, 2-0 down and then we, we seem to, to come back in it a little bit. I mean, at the end of the day, the second half, um, you know, the girls dug deep. We made, had to make some changes, but yeah, I mean, I can't be more pleased with the girls. We knew it was going to be a, a bit of a battle and a, a struggle against a strong Jersey side, but um, no, I can't fault the girls at all. It was absolutely brilliant from our point of view. It was the first go- uh, goal Guernsey have scored in this fixture for nine years, um, going all the way back to Natalie Bianco. Um, is it a sort of platform now to build on with that, um, giving you sort of hope of, of, of making more strides in this fixture? Yeah, 100%. We're not we're not there just to compete and defend. We, we said from the start we wanted to score a goal today, um, if not more. And, you know, like you say, it is a platform for us now to believe that we can actually score goals, create. We had more than that chance. You know, the girls were really putting them under pressure for moments in the game and we, we, it is a platform and we can't get, wait to get going again it's something to build on Katie and I have now seen the, the 15 players we've got more to come in from the squad so everyone that's watching and you know we just want to keep them supporting us through the island games and you know hopefully that is a good start to something even better Anna Govine speaking to you there uh, Del Jim you've obviously been involved um, kind of uh, yeah, more significantly off the field with the women's game uh, in Guernsey you didn't see the game because you were up watching your son Saul play in the uh, basketball entrance in the, uh, at Beausajour. Um but first of all I know you'd, you'd picked out Kelly Headley um, before as, as someone to watch and uh, yeah she really delivered with that goal uh, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm so delighted to see uh, Kelly uh, play uh, for a lot of people she seems to have appeared from nowhere but in reality she was at Rovers from the age of four uh, and uh, and I was looking after her age group uh, from the uh, from the age of five to uh, the time she left Guernsey age 14 so she actually spent a year with Southampton Academy uh, as a you know as a player moved to England uh, to do that and I wasn't surprised at all once she went for trials you know Kelly is the uh, you know is, is a uh, slightly unusual character but as a player she has everything you would want from a and in my view, she actually would be a better number 10 than a number nine. You know, she has class, touch, vision like you've never seen uh, and, you know, just ability. And she likes to play, well, she always likes to play at centre forward, likes to score the goals. Um, I think when we were, what, under 12s, under 13s, uh, she scored eight goals in one match against Sylvans. Uh, so you know she has a serious track record, and I'm really pleased to see that she's uh, you know finally uh, living up to to that promise. So I really hope that uh, arguably Guernsey can help you know can build a new group around 
uh, Kelly and those other young players and really start to, to move forward. I think also, I mean, I wish um, Anna and Katie all the very best in, in running the team. But I think we should pay uh, tribute to, to Richard Sutton, who stood down uh, fairly recently. But Richard kept things going from the... Uh, Absolutely, you know, from the, the the fallout and split in women's football in 2016, uh, and sometimes it was less than glamorous. Uh, and he was there steadfastly, week after week, keeping things alive. I think you know, without his contribution, potentially women's football could have you know could have actually fallen off uh, off the cliff in, in the island so he's got a massive part to play and that shouldn't be uh, forgotten however you know things have, have moved on now and i really hope that not only to, does the group you know, do i can't say live up to expectations because i really no idea what those expectations might be but really hope that the group is able to you know do their very best in the Ireland games. Put you know uh, potentially you know get out of the group would be a massive uh, uh, credit if 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 they could manage that. But more importantly, the game as a whole, the women's game as a whole in Guernsey's got to move forward. It's got to uh, grow the player base, develop some infrastructure, so that we can have uh, a, a chance to go back and compete with Jersey on on level playing field or is close to. Uh, in fu- in future Marathis, you know the history of the women's Marathis. Guernsey dominated the first ten years, and then Jersey's has dominated ever since. Uh, you know, because the 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 game in Guernsey was very much more developed when when they first started it. You know, really hope that you know Guernsey can get back to you know, to, to being uh, you know very competitive. You know we've had two decent performances in in large parts in the two Marathis that we've played since uh, since COVID. Uh, but again, th- you know, things have got to keep moving forward. And there's something to build on there, isn't there? Because, I mean, we've all uh, highlighted the uh, eye-catching performance of uh, Callie Headley because of that amazing goal. But um, hers wasn't the only um, impressive performance. I mean, I thought Gallagher, uh, Keneally and Leach in particular, you know, uh, produced really solid performances. And uh, so, yeah, I'm quite excited to see what happens next. It's the first women's Marathi uh, match I've seen for several years, I think, since since Guernsey were in that winning streak a long, long time ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I was quite excited to see what uh, we may be able to look forward to in the future. Yeah, and the jersey setup, sort of looking on from far, seems to have been so organised for so many years on the on the women's front and getting games away from you know off Ireland and everything. Um, so for actually for for Guernsey to for a large part of that game not look not they weren't outclassed by any stretch on Saturday. Um, yeah, it, it was a really impressive, uh, really impressive showing. I don't think Jersey have done any off Ireland this year, but I know they have previously. But um, the, the flow through of youngsters, but they've got a four team league as well, and that you know to have a domestic league in Guernsey would be massive. At the moment, if Guernsey want a game, they either you know might just about get eleven v eleven in a training game, or they've got to try and play away. And so they had one game in Jersey this year in, in a cup competition, and that's it. You know that's that's not enough. And, and if you like that, at the moment ought to be the priority. While you want to put on a show, you know, on in in May in the Interinsular. In the, you know, to have two team league, three team league, you know, build the player base, make the sport something that people want to come into. Everybody raves about how women's football at the moment is, is you know, on the up, and frankly, there's never been a better time to be involved in women's football. Yet the game locally doesn't grow in the way that, say, women's rugby has has somehow grown in in Guernsey, which for me is kind of curious because you know, again, the chance of, of Women playing a domestic game locally in in rugby is is almost impossible. Um, you know, in in football, it should it should be easier. Uh, yeah, can we get to that point more more regularly? So it's you know very it's a partic- it's a numbers game uh, at the moment, and with with you know a focus on quality at the top end, and clearly we have a chance of that. Yeah, of course, we've got this incredible beacon, haven't we, in Mayor Letizia, who uh, was uh, on the pitch at Wembley yesterday for the Women's FA Cup final, playing in front of close to 80,000, which is uh, unreal. Um, didn't go Manchester United's way on the day, but um, yeah, you know, what an example there. And all the noises around um, the sort of, the, yeah, the younger age groups are that there are some really um, very, very promising young girls playing the game at the moment who uh, who could go on, you know, either... Maybe not not as far as emulating Mayor, but could get close. The difficulty is with women's football. You can play, uh, I believe, as a, as a girl now in in boys football until under eighteen, and I think the Mayor did that. Yeah, I'm sure she did. Uh, however, my experience has shown there's a not a lot, but there's quite a few girls playing Corbett Cup under thirteens. 
And under 14s and, and beyond that period, things, things started to get a bit awkward. And I see, you know, quite a few of those girls playing uh, on Saturday were playing through the junior structure and then dropping out at 14, 15, and then coming into the, going into the women's uh, structure at 16. And that gap of two years is crucial for tournament and, and potentially lost for players. You know, Maya was never going to worry about playing football at that level. But, you know, it, it's, I think it's proven that you can't necessarily expect all girls to want to move in a linear fashion through the age groups, you know, for, for whatever reasons. They uh, don't, you know, necessarily want to stay in a, in a boys game as it becomes more of an adults game. Uh, and there is a gap. And so until you get crucial numbers of young players uh, under 16 in women's football that, that you can move forward as, as a group and try and do something with, whether it's a your mini league or something like that, either potentially you run the risk of losing players at that point. So so numbers game is absolutely critical at the moment. Uh, just finally, what do we make of uh, the occasion as a whole? Um, first time that the two games have been played on the same day at the same venue? I hope it doesn't last. <laughs> I, 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 I applaud the fact that they held it at the same venue on the same day, but I look forward to an occasion, and, and Jim's obviously uh, talked about it being a numbers game. This isn't going to happen overnight. But I look forward to an occasion where the women's Marathi is enough of a draw that they can hold it as an occasion in its own right, and it will still get the same sort of numbers that the men's Marathi was getting. Um, in, in a way, there were separate occasions anyway because everyone had to clear out uh, in between the two matches before being brought in again. So uh, for now, I think it's a good move. I think it made a, a big occasion of it. Um, it's nice to have the joint brochure, for example, the programme that everyone was uh, able to get. Um, so, yeah, it's the right move for now. But one day, hopefully, it will no longer be deemed necessary. Yeah, Benoit, you're in the stand um, doing the report for the women's game, then behind the goal, um, causing trouble for the men's game. <laughs> Maybe not causing trouble. Um, yeah, what, I mean, what did you do in between? I mean, what, what did you make of the fact that, that everyone was cleared out? And Yeah, again, I have to agree with Dell, but I would say um, it was really nice to see a big crowd for the women's game, especially when Cali scored. I mean, the crowd did go quite mental and there was lots of cheers. But yeah, it would be nice to have two separate days. It was, the, the Marathi didn't, it didn't feel the same. I'd agree. I, well, obviously, going to the a women's one first, yeah, leaving for about a couple hours, then coming back, it, it wasn't that same, you know, Marathi day build up atmosphere. Um, but I'm sure that one day, yeah, the women's game will have its own day. Yeah, I think there were about 650 odd in apparently for the, for the women's match, which is which is really good. And I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I it would have been about similar to last year in Jersey, when of course it was held the day after the men's game. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think it was. I don't know why, whether logistically it was done for for a reason or whether it was done to to try and and create you know that big match day feeling. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a, a problem to uh, to have uh, the game on a second day. However, of course, in Jersey, games will always be played at Springfield. In Guernsey, historically, the women's game has not been held at the Garen Stand, and, and you know, frankly, the numbers would probably have not justified it being held at the Garen Stand. So. Is is there now a future that says, well, actually, all games could, or you know, when Victoria Avenue finally gets done, I'm sure that uh, the women's game will move there. Whether it needs to be on the same day, then will be something for the future. No, we'll, it's progress. Though. We'll see. A couple of years before it comes back. Um, right, that's just about it from us for this week. Um, we'll be back. To preview the Island Games football tournament uh, in a few weeks' time, so stay tuned for that. Of course, um, back uh, as well every Wednesday with the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast um, in this feed. Um, so make sure you hit follow, subscribe wherever you get your shows to get every episode delivered straight to you. Um, Benoit, Dell, Jim, thanks very much. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you, Tony.